Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel. Earth Day is this week on April 22nd, and I often take this opportunity to talk about the impact of food waste on the planet and its climate. Anxiety about climate change has never been higher, and yet we consumers often hear that our individual efforts, whether that's installing energy-efficient light bulbs or driving hybrid cars or even giving up meat, is never going to add up to enough impact to make a real difference, and that for that, we need the sort of system-wide impacts that can only be achieved with public policy change. But you know what? Reducing food waste is a place where individual consumers can have a really big impact because most food waste occurs at the consumer level. In terms of reducing greenhouse gases and slowing global warming, reducing food waste may be one of the biggest levers we have as consumers. Now, I know that a lot of people listening to this podcast are reducing their consumption of animal products based on the belief that this will reduce the environmental impact of their diet or their food choices. And this is an area of some controversy. I've discussed this on previous episodes. Many animal agricultural advocates point out that the methods used to measure environmental impact of foods are not always comparing apples to apples or (laughs) apples to animals. And that the environmental impact of the processing involved in creating highly processed plant-based alternatives is not always taken into account by these comparisons. But you know what? Whether we're buying beef burgers or impossible burgers, if we end up throwing food away, then we are wasting that energy and those resources and incurring those environmental costs for absolutely no benefit. Here to talk with me about how we can all reduce food waste is my friend and registered dietitian, Roseanne Rust. Roseanne is an internationally recognized nutrition expert and communicator and a prolific writer with eight books and counting. And her latest is Zero Waste Cooking for Dummies. But don't let the title fool you. (laughs) Although it is certainly accessible and approachable, just like Roseanne is, There is nothing dumbed down about this book. It's an amazingly comprehensive and wide-ranging effort, weaving everything from agricultural practices to nutritional factors, time management, budget considerations, into this larger topic of reducing food waste. So welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast, Roseanne, and congratulations on this book. Hello, Monica. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's great to be able to chat with you today. And yes, it's... For dummies, it's about making learning easy and hopefully a little fun. 
I think sometimes one fear people have is that an environmentally friendly diet is going to require them to give up all processed foods or maybe give up all animal foods. And one of the things I really appreciate about your book is that it's not about what you can and cannot eat. It's more about making the best use of whatever it is that you choose to include in your diet. Yes, absolutely. Rather than encouraging people to change their diet, this is really not a book about that as much as it is about your current habits and how you shop and cook and store your food. So I'm not really telling you what to eat. It's just about throwing away less food. That's the ultimate goal. Um, A lot of the books that cover this topic, they do tend to focus on exclusively plant-based diet. And I think that given the small portion of people who are vegetarians or vegans, I want to reach everybody. I want everybody to waste less food, whether they're omnivores or herbivores. That's a great point. And you mentioned shopping, of course. And I think another reason people might get intimidated by this challenge to waste less food is because they imagine that any solution is going to mean an excessive amount of planning and forethought, like knowing exactly what you're going to cook and eat all week before you head to the grocery store with your perfect list, and then sticking to that plan perfectly. So what I'm hearing is that may not be what it takes to make a difference here. Right. It's about progress and it's about awareness. It's about starting to just think about the food that you currently throw away, you know, that might be a first step, literally take a look at your garbage and, or just say, I'm going to look at the food I'm throwing away this week. And then think about it. Why am I throwing it away? You know, what happened between buying it? And now when I'm putting it into my trash can, what happened? You know, was it a time issue? Um, Was it a planning issue? And I do, you know, in my book, I include some meal planning ideas, but it's not meal planning in the way that we often think about it, where you're literally planning, as you just said, every meal of the week. It's just having a general plan. What do you like to eat? What do you need to eat? And are you buying more than that? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what does your household need? How many people are in your home? Um, And I think especially over this past two, three years, this past two years, of it seems like three years or 30 years of this pandemic we've lived through and we are living in, households have changed. You know, it might be either more people in your household or less people in your household. And when things like that happen, our shopping habits, our cooking habits, everything has to shift. And if we're not thinking about it, we may end up with food that's wasted. I've often heard empty nesters say that it takes them a long time to adjust to the fact that they are suddenly only cooking for two and no Mm -hmm. longer for three or four or five, and that some food waste happens there while they kind of adjust their shopping habits uh, to accommodate that change in household. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I wrote this book, I spent all of 2021 researching and writing I changed my own habits. Hmm. You know, I became more aware of my gaps and and I'm an empty nester. And you're right. It takes a while when you go from five to four to three to two pretty quickly uh, to shop differently and use maybe some different recipes or have things so that you're wasting less food. So it's a, it's a lifelong challenge. 
I, I love what you said about starting with just figuring out where it is that you and your household do waste food because it's not a one size fits all solution. Right. It really starts with, you know, where are the biggest gaps you call them in your own behavior? And so we can really target our solutions where they're going to have the most impact instead of just implementing sort of a template that's designed to address every possible gap. And I have to say, most of the time when I have food that's in danger of spoiling before I use it, it's usually because of some sort of spontaneous or unavoidable change to my plans where I thought we were going to have dinner at home, but then we didn't have dinner at home. And now I've got those fresh ingredients in there. So is there a quick and dirty strategy for rolling with those kinds of punches? Yes. And once you adopt it, then it becomes routine, but it takes a little bit of thought initially. And I think the other issue is people plan to eat for their health. So they might be putting more fresh fruits and vegetables into their cart with the intention of doing good things or even, you know, fresh meats because they want to cook dinner at home. But then, as you just mentioned, something comes up or maybe they're working late or they have to meet someone and they're eating out and the dinner didn't get cooked and that fresh food is there. You need to kind of do, I would say, a refrigerator check at least three times a week. So, you know, you're busy, but everybody has time to just open their fridge (laughs) before they go to bed or whenever, sometime during the day. And look at those fresh drawers and and see what's there. So when you know, I'm not going to be home tonight, I'm not going to be home tomorrow, whatever that, that interference was, we need to learn how to utilize our freezer. So if it's something like fresh meats or poultry or fish, you can put those in an airtight container, pop them in the freezer. And sometimes, you know, people think, oh, freezing is so much work, but it doesn't, when you're only going to freeze it for a few days or a week, it doesn't have to be super duper wrapped. You know, it'll be okay for a couple of days, but it will be preserved in the freezer. And the same with vegetables and fruits. I, I just left my home for the weekend. I had blueberries in there that probably, you know, wouldn't be as great by the time I get back. So I just popped them in the freezer. So some things you don't have to do anything to, to put in the freezer, like things like berries. They'll be okay for a few days. And then you can take them out either defrost them or use them in a smoothie or or whatever. If it's a vegetable, a cooked vegetable will last longer than a raw vegetable in some cases. Spinach is certainly something that I think probably everyone listening, listening has had an experience with raw spinach that they forgot about that didn't look so good when they finally remembered they had it. So something like a bag of spinach, you know, you were planning this dinner, you didn't get home or something came up, when you have time the next day, even if you're not going to eat it, cook it and then put it back in the refrigerator. And then it's cooked. It'll last a few days longer. You can put it into an omelet. You can have it as that side dish or um, even put it into a smoothie. Oh, I love that strategy. And that is one that would not have occurred to me that, okay, I'm not going to eat it, but I can cook it because then it will be stable for a little bit longer. That's, That's a great tip. Yeah. I've actually put open um, containers of milk in the freezer as we were heading out of town and uh, and then thawed it out and made yogurt out of it when I got back. It's about taking that minute before you lock up the house to do a little triage. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, 
and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. So much of this comes down to inventory control, right? right. Knowing what you've got and about how long it's going to last and then priority, or maybe it's triage, you know, making mm-hmm. your meal decisions based on what's going to go first. Um, and when I do that, that has definitely led to some pretty hilarious combinations, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, have these three things, yes, they need to go next. Never thought of these things as going together, but they're going together tonight. That's right. And they nourished you. But there's always the, you know, the vegetable frittata. You can just hide pretty much anything in there. But uh, any other strategies for making that inventory management easier or maybe even just more automatic? Well, you know, so that first step when you're looking in your garbage can, that's kind of step one. Mm. And then the next step really is taking inventory of your pantry shelves, your refrigerator and your freezer. And, um, you know, knowing what's in there. And I have to say that as I personally went through this process, I'm storing less. Does that mean that you shop more often? No, I don't shop more often. I just buy what I need. You should have a plan for every item you put into your cart, whether it's to cook it in the next couple of days or a week, depending on what it is, or to freeze it. Otherwise, probably buying more than you can cook or prepare or store. But try to kind of eat down your inventory. That was a habit that maybe some of us developed during the pandemic when shopping got so weird yes. for a while, both uh, how often we were shopping, we were trying to shop less often. And then what you found when you got there was so you know, unpredictable that I definitely found myself doing a little panic buying, you know, like if I couldn't buy something a few times in a row, then if I did find it at the store, I'd I'd stock up on it. We had much more food in storage. We had to like clear out a couple shelves in the basement actually (laughs) to to store extra canned goods, extra things like that specifically during the pandemic. And, um, and that's something, it's a little bit like being an empty nester. We've kind of realized like, okay, we're, we don't need to be doing that anymore. It's time to, as you said, eat down this inventory that we were keeping on hand when it felt more necessary, but we don't anymore. And so, yeah, we need to go through that, empty those shelves out and get back something into more like a normal rotation. Yeah. And that's a good point. You know, people, many of your listeners may have been in that spot where they you know, stopped some things and now they kind of forgot about them. Yeah. Time to eat all those pandemic beans, everybody. Okay, Roseanne, let's talk leftovers, whether that's 
leftovers from things that we make for dinner, but we don't eat everything that we make, which I sometimes do on purpose, right? I want to have leftovers so that I can have them for lunches later in the week or an extra extra roasted vegetables or something to put on a salad. But there's leftovers that we make. And then of course there's doggy bags that we might bring home if a restaurant meal is more than we can eat or want to eat. That often happens. So we bring it home. So obviously we can just reheat them if we remember to. But I also find sometimes with the leftovers, it's just a little bit of this or that, you know, not really enough for a whole serving or a whole meal, but too much to throw away. So it feels like there's a whole strategy, management strategy just for leftovers. Right. Sometimes you have enough leftover that it's literally a whole full lunch for the next day and you might just eat it and enjoy it. But other times we think, well, it's not worth saving because it's only a quarter cup or whatever it is. But I encourage everyone just to save it and then do a makeover so that you're not just reheating the food, but doing something else with it. Eggs and pasta are my two of my favorite food waste heroes because you can put almost any leftover into those and then they create a bigger meal. You can also do pizzas or flatbreads. They're a great way to reinvent some leftovers. Um, and rice, of course, works just as well as pasta. You can create a bowl. So you can put anything on pizza. You can put anything on pasta and scramble anything into an egg, just about anything. It's true. I should point out also for our listeners that the book, Zero Waste Cooking for Dummies, is not just tips and information and strategies. There's also some great recipes in there. So it's also a, a great resource from that perspective. Yes, for sure. I want to thank you, Roseanne, both for this great resource that you've created, Zero Waste Cooking for Dummies, and also for this conversation. I'm so glad to have a chance to introduce my listeners to your work and to you. It was so great to be here. I love the topic, and I'm passionate about it, and I hope that everyone can do just their little part. You can buy Zero Waste Cooking for Dummies wherever you shop for books, and check out Roseanne's blog at chewthefacts.com. And that's also her handle on most social media channels, Chew the Facts. So go find Roseanne wherever you like to hang out. The Nutrition Diva Show is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Nathan Sems with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Morgan Christensen is our podcast and advertising operations specialist. And our intern is Brendan Pika. I'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast with Brock Armstrong. It's called The Change Academy, and we talk about the strategies involved in sustainable behavior change. In other words, how to translate what you know into what you do on a consistent basis. You'll find that wherever you listen. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.